All right, well, uh, as you mentioned, it was an easy passage, so I don't need to explain anything, right? I think we're good. All right. Uh, so we are uh, at our last week of our sermon series, What Do We Do With the Old Testament? And so we're looking at these different exa- these examples of different figures throughout the Bible who are trying to figure out with this very question, what do we do with the Old Testament? And today, for our last week, we start ourselves with a question. A question. So a lot of people have this view that they don't like the Old Testament because it portrays a wrathful, legalistic God, right? And, and for them, it's different from this loving, kindful, kind, merciful God that they see in the New Testament. However, my question is this. <clears throat> if we're going to say that the Old Testament's better than, uh, excuse me, the New Testament's better than the Old, if uh, we're going to say that it's, you know, something bad got replaced with something new, what does that say about the Jews nowadays, right? If our solution to the problem of the Old Testament is Jesus, right? What does it say about Jews who just have the Old Testament, right? Because I don't know if all of us would be on board with all these implications that it might mean, because wouldn't the implication then be that Jews who, you know, don't have Jesus to replace the Old Testament only have a wrathful, vengeful, legalistic God? Are you really on board to say that? That they just, like, missed the boat and, you know, are screwed and believe in a horrible, violent, vengeful God because they don't know Jesus? I know. Personally, uh, I know, like, a ton of Jews. And to the person, none of them would agree with that characterization and say that it's fair. Right? They would, they would say, we don't worship a wrathful, punitive God who only cares about following rules rather than human and societal flourishing, right? If you hold this view about the Old and New Testaments, are you really on board with the implications that it brings? And so Paul today helps us think through some ways to think about this question. What about the Jews and Broadly, more broadly to our question, how do we deal with the Old Testament? Um, and Paul, himself a Jew, is wrestling with these questions. And so he writes about this topic in his letter to the church in Rome, which is what we read for today. <clears throat> now to start, let's get this out there. This is a super complicated passage in a super complicated book. Um, to my taste, Romans is the hardest book to understand in the Bible um, and to make heads or tails of. Uh, But nonetheless, we will be trying to wrap our heads around what might be going on here, see if we can understand a little bit more where's Paul coming from. So Paul here is very concerned about the expansiveness of his tradition, of his Jewish tradition. So first of all, remember, everybody we're talking about here in the early church are Jews, right? Everybody is Jewish. uh, And at that time, a couple of decades after Jesus did his thing is when Paul's writing this, and and at that point there were a wide spectrum of ideas in Judaism about how do we think about who's in and who's out, right? How do we think about inclusion in our Jewish community? And so there's a bunch of, I mean, it's a whole range, right? And so over on one side, you've got, for example, uh, these folks called the Essenes at a place called Qumran. They're the folks who wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls. And 
they were uh, maybe 4,000 or something of them, and they were just like, nope, our little, uh, our little posse here, that's it. Nobody else is our real Jews. We're the only real ones. Um, it's just us, right? And then on the far other side of the spectrum, you've got plenty of Jews, and Paul being one of them, who are like, oh, <laughs> no. We are looking for a more expansive way to understand our tradition. We're looking for, for ways to, to broaden our horizons on thinking about who's in and who's out. And Paul is very much in this latter camp. He's very concerned about breaking down barriers between people so that others can join in his Jewish faith. <clears throat> now, unfortunately, one of the things that throws a lot of people off when we're talking about Paul in ancient Judaism, we have the world divided into Jews and Gentiles. So Gentiles is literally just non-Jews. So we've got the world divided into Jews and not Jews um, in the perspective of the Jews. So in their world, the world's divided into those two categories. But when Paul is talking about Jews and Gentiles, that has the tendency to be able to throw us off pretty badly because he's kind of not really talking about how we think about it a lot. So, I mean, so he sometimes does reference Jews and Gentiles in the religious sense, in these kind of macro, large-scale, societal ways. And here it's Jew and non-Jew. But for most of what he's talking about, he's not really talking about people who are religiously Jewish and people who are religiously not Jewish. But nonetheless, still uses the term Jews and Gentiles to refer to people. So let, let's try and wrap our heads around this and, and pull this apart a little bit because uh, e- even though it, it, it gets confusing, it can lead to completely wrong interpretations of this book of the Bible. And this is an incredibly important book of the Bible um, in Christian history and theology. And so let, let's, let's try and tease this part just a little bit more. So the broader culture talked about Jews and Gentiles, non-Jews, right? So Judaism... Right? What is Judaism? Judaism is this set of beliefs and, and uh, practices, a uh, religion, if you will. But it's also a people group. It's an ethnicity, right? It's, it's a particular people group who are uh, Arab descent, uh, lived in this land called Canaan, became the land of Palestine in the Roman era, right? It, it's this people group. And it's also this religion, Right? It's both, which does not help with our confusion at all. Um, So now, again, Gentile means non-Jew. But here, again, in just the same way, non-Jew can refer either to the religious stance. So, for example, I worship Zeus, or I worship Demeter, or any of these Roman gods, for example. But Gentile can also refer to an ethnic group. That is, not ethnically Jewish, so Greek or Roman or basically anybody who's not Jewish ethnically, right? So both Jew and Gentile can mean either one, either religious or, or religion or ethnicity or both, just to make it complicated. So here's the problem that interpreters have had throughout the ages with Paul's. Paul. They read the whole thing through this lens of religion, so they read the whole thing saying that Paul's just talking about the, religion, the Jewish religion and the non-Jewish religion. 
But as we've done more research, especially over the last hundred years or so on this book, we've come to learn that Paul, for the most part, isn't really talking about religion over here in this contrast. Like, like as I said earlier, he sometimes makes these blanket statements like, I don't know, Gentiles are bad, right? And so he's talking about, don't worship Zeus, right? It, it's, that's obviously talking about religion. Those kinds of big blanket statements come up every once in a while. But that's not the main point of his argument. That's not what he's talking about. He's not normally talking about different religions because most of the time he's talking to his audience who is a gathered community of Christ followers, meaning Jews. Because, remember, there's, at the very beginning, there's no such thing as Christianity. There's just Jews. There's, uh, there's a particular weird sect of Judaism that follows this Jesus guy and has some weird thoughts that other people don't agree with. But they're Jewish Jesus followers. So if you think of somebody at the very beginning who's a, who becomes a Christian, they're becoming a Jew, a Jewish Jesus follower. And so... <clears throat> When Paul is talking about Jews and Gentiles here, we need to make sure that we're keeping that in mind. We're not, we're not thinking about different religions. Because Gentile, when Paul uses it most of the time, is not some other religion, some non-Jews. They are instead non-ethnic Jews. So meaning Jewish converts. People from outside the community who converted to Judaism to join. And so instead of labeling them Jews and Gentiles, which is, you've clearly seen gets way too confusing, let's call them instead ethnic Jews and Jewish converts. So anyway, Paul, a Jew, right, ethnic Jew, super concerned about his Jewish community, super concerned, right? He's, he's not like those folks at Qumran, right, with, that are just like, it's our 4,000 and we're the only ones that are really Jews, Right? He's on the polar opposite of the end of that. He wants to make it so that tons of people can become Jews really easily. Right? Because Paul knows Judaism, of course, is the best path. Right, And so we want to get as many people in as possible. And we want to break down all these barriers that are keeping people from joining. And so, for example, if you remember a number of weeks ago, uh, the Apostolic Council at Jerusalem, right? he's like, no, let's not have circumcision as this barrier preventing people from becoming Jewish. Let's break down those barriers and bring as many people in as we can. And now here's the issue that Paul is trying to sort out in this super dense passage. In fact, our scripture we read, it's about 80% of the way through this uh, passage, uh, these chapters, and what Paul's trying to argue. And, and what he's trying to argue is this. Those people we would call ethnic Jews, right? They, they are Jewish, clearly. They've always been Jewish. They were born Jewish. They, you know, grew up Jewish. They are ethnically Jewish. They, you know, there's no question about, if we're talking about who's in and out, there's no question that they've always been in, in their group, right? They, it's straightforward. However, that other group, remember, not Gentiles, think of it as Jewish converts. Their situation's a bit more tenuous. They're on shaky ground, right? Because sometimes they're seen as second-class citizens or or second-class Jews, if you will. Because what a lot of the ethnic Jews were saying were, well, yeah, come on in. We'll we'll definitely take you as a Jew. 
But look, I mean, what it means to be Jewish is that your great, 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 etc. grandfather was Abraham. I mean, that's what it means to be Jewish. And so look, you, yeah, please come on in, join our group. But you're kind of not as Jewish as us. We're kind of the real ones, right? It's all about genealogy, right? It's all, it's all about can you trace your descendants to Abraham in your family tree? And in some way, these ethnic Jews with their genetic tie to Abraham are, see themselves as more Jewish than those Jewish converts, those people from outside who are coming in and joining And remember, there's a whole strain of Jews that Paul's with at this point who's like, hey, wait, no, no, that's not legit. That's not cool. You can't do that. And Paul was very much on the side. He was a massive vocal, very vocal critic of this way of thinking, of keeping people from being fully Jewish because of the heritage, right? And and so if you remember from a couple weeks ago, right, we talked about the circumcision. He wanted to break that down as one of the barriers. And however, in all of this, Paul's doing this work, trying to break down those barriers. But he runs into an issue. Because you've got these two sides, the ethnic Jews, the Jewish converts. And Paul says, ah, guys, I've run into a problem. Because a lot of my, my people, right, my fellow ethnic Jews, a lot of them haven't bought in. They don't like nor particularly care about Jesus. But I think that this is totally the right way that Judaism should be going. And they're not buying in. What, how do I process this? Right? And so Paul's got to try and make sense of it. And, and of course, it's not going to be, oh, I must be on the losing side of history, so I'm wrong, and let's change to something else. Right? You have to come up with this way to understand what's happening. And so Paul says, um, okay, I got it. Maybe it's all part of a bigger plan. It's all part of God's bigger plan, right? Because, because what God uh, must be doing, right? He's trying to open up the doors as wide as possible to let people in. And, and God wants to make sure it's not just the ethnic Jews who are in, you know, the group of the people who are the people of God. And so, you know, God, uh, here, I got it. God temporarily made it so that the Jew, the ethnic Jews are not following this path. And, and so God like temporarily blocked their uh, making sense of things receptors, right? And, and that means that our Jewish converts can actually get in. They're not blocking the way. They can get in easily. And then afterwards, because it's temporary, God's going to be like, okay, now, ethnic Jews, my people, come on in. And so he's holding... He's holding the ethnic Jews back just a little bit. Give everybody just a little bit of time for it to settle in, get the converts in nice and adjusted, right? Make sure we don't block them out. Then the world will make more sense. Then the world will make more sense and all, all the Jews together will join in this, which I see as the future of Judaism. But wait, now he's running into a problem, right? Is the implication of that that the Jewish people have failed? How can that happen? Because like, wasn't Israel in the Bible, wasn't it supposed to be like God's special people? 
like, uh, you know, the, the covenant, the agreement, the contract that they, that they agreed to with God. I will be your pe- you will be my people, I will be your God, right? That's, that's what they bought into. And does God go back on God's promises? No, 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 Paul says. No, not at all. And so Paul says, look, here's the thing, you Jewish converts, you, 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 you ethnic outsiders, right? You haven't taken their place, right? Don't get, don't get a big head about this whole thing, right? God's letting you in first, sure. But it's not like we kick them out so that you can come in, right? Don't get, don't get on your high horse and be like, oh, look at me, I'm so good. You're on shaky ground, man. And so we finally, alas, reach our passage for today, right? Finally. Uh, and the passage we have today is the climax of the books of Romans and finishes up what Paul was talking about here. And what does Paul say? Are my people going to be lost? No. Heck no. All Israel's going to be saved. The whole thing is going to be saved, Right? They've got this covenant thing, this contract, this agreement that they made back in the day with God, right? That you will be my people and I will be your God. And and God does not flake out on God's commitments. God doesn't break God's promises. All Israel is going to be saved through this covenant. But as I said before, we're expanding, right? We, we, we were expanding to bring in the outsiders at a faster pace, Paul says, right? So that as many people can become part of this family. If we're thinking of this as a family of God, right? The people of God and, you know, Abraham's our father and it's, it's all these people. Well, maybe if we're going to think about it like a genealogy, maybe they can be adopted, right? They, they can be part of our family. We'll adopt them in. So... The question ends up being then, for Paul, what does this mean about the Old Testament and what we think about it? So unfortunately, in our our Christian history, uh, we basically read into into the history that Paul said, oh, these Christians are just wholesale replacing the Jews. But that's not what we have here, is it? I mean, because Paul's saying... The Old Testament is centered around this promise, this covenant, this agreement, this contract between Abraham and God that you will be my people and I will be your God. And and so if you're hearkening back to the Old Testament as the main point of what you're talking about, as the main way to make it work how you're trying to process this situation, what can you say about it? You can say it must still be relevant and valid. It must still show us what God wants from this partnership that is the covenant. And remember, Paul wants to let in the Jewish converts as full citizens, not these second-class people, right? Not second-class Jews. He wants them to be full citizens of this people of God. But he doesn't go about it by saying, look, the Bible's wrong in the past. It said Abraham and his kids, nope, we're throwing it out. He doesn't say that, right? No, he says we don't need to limit the children of Abraham to just this family tree, to just this genealogy. We can expand it. We can have adopted children in our family of God. 
We can be inclusive rather than restrictive. And so what, what do you think about Paul's argument? I mean, he's trying to figure out how to make sense of the world, right? Trying to figure out uh, how to make sense of the world. And far from rejecting Israel in the Bible, he's trying to make sense of his world through this lens of his Jewish tradition. So how do you feel about Paul's perspective? Do you find it compelling? Or perhaps, uh, do you prefer one of the other perspectives we looked at in this sermon series? I mean, so we know that from last week, Marcion's out, right? So not on the table to just check out the entire Old Testament. But we have, for example, Matthew, who holds that the, the who not only holds to the Old Testament, but wants to intensify it because he wants to make it so that we're living the best lives that we possibly can and live as well as is possible. So we're going to ramp it up and make it extra uh, strong, extra potent, if you will. Or, or we had a, several weeks ago the council at Jerusalem, the apostolic council, where there were a few different positions trying to duke it out, but ultimately they came to this conclusion of contextualization of saying that you know your culture has differences between mine and so we're not going to let that get in the way of you joining we're going to break down these barriers we're going to not prevent you from joining our group our people our movement so as we've mentioned throughout the series i'm not giving you answers what i'm doing is I'm giving you a variety of different ways that people have thought about this question, what do we do with the Old Testament, and letting you try them on and see what, eh, where does that fit or not fit with my point of view, trying to help you dig deeper into this question, be able to think more robustly about where you fall on the scale. So when thinking about these challenging issues... May you never be content for the easy answers. But may you always grow deeper in your understanding of God. May it be so.